This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcasts. I'm Jessica Kupferman. Today I am with my beautiful co-host Elsie Excobar. Excobar? Because now I speak in a different language. (laughs) Elsie Escobar and our very happy producer, John Jamingo. Hello, John. Good morning, ladies. Recently, I saw a poll online that wanted to know if your co-host renamed you something that was catchier than your actual name. Should you, in fact, change it on your oh driver's license? Yes. And and the answer was yes. Yes, you should. How because about Jamingo that? is a way better name than Big Hennis, in my opinion. I legally oh have to God. change my name to John Jamingo. Do you prefer it over Big Hennis? I wish I had this when I started podcasting because I would be John Jamingo. No one would know my real last name. Yes, you do enjoy your anonymity. Oh, that's right. Anonymity is good. I think it's good. Yeah. Can you just start it now? Yeah, but I, well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of people that don't know me by John. <laughs> they just know me by John Jamingo. Yeah. I have it's clients. It's just catchier. And you can remember because if not, you're just going to go, it's John. Right. B- they can't. No one can say it anyhow. Yeah. But Jingo. Yeah, Jamingo. <laughs> Jamingo, John Jamingo. When I was in college, so many of my friends called me Carpel, which was my last name, that when we when we got new members like in my acapella group or my sorority, they were like, that's such an unusual first name. And I was like, that's my last name. 20 laps. <laughs> Assholes. That's crazy. I know. Sometimes people just, it sticks. You hear about someone and it just and sticks. Jamingo And there it is. Catchy. I don't know why I came up with it. it. Rolled off. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Okay, so we we have a new schedule. We've switched around into a new schedule, and John and I are the ones that are like kind of in charge of this, or we've been in discussions of this. And Jess has not really been part of it, not because we don't love her, but because she doesn't really do most of the post production here at all. So Nor it doesn't really I. affect you in terms of that. And um, but alas, when I made the choice, or when I started to have these discussions, I thought, well. Um, We used to record on Fridays, and then we would publish on Mondays, okay? Sometimes, most of the time. But now we are recording on Mondays, and I thought we'll just publish on Wednesday, not realizing all the things that needed to be done. Before that. Before that, yes, of course. So then the reality of the situation, I kind of want to, you know, I let it flow a little bit there because I wanted to see what it really actually felt like. And I'm sharing this because we as podcasters make choices when it comes to our podcast that are based on maybe somebody else's experience or somebody else's like, you know, you should do this, you should do that, and you should do this, right? And you put it in your to-do list and you're like, oh, that's totally doable. Got it. But then when you're actually doing it, (laughs) it's a lot different. Time is different, right? So essentially what I found out is there's no way 
Even if John could have gotten me the show by like, let's say Tuesday, Tuesday night. morning, even. There's no, yeah, there's no way I personally would have been able to get the show out with all this stuff. So since we're here and we're discussing it, I so I want to ask Elsie a question. Yes. So you don't upload the audio till you go into town. Is that correct? Yes, that's probably the, the thing. So you're going to be getting it Tuesday on Tuesday morning. And I didn't read. And again, that's something that I didn't put into play because when we recorded on Fridays, I could I went into town Friday and I was in town Friday afternoon and yes. I was able to upload it for you. Right. So, so and then the other thing is this show takes a lot of editing because sometimes in the middle of a topic, someone yells, I found it. <laughs> so then I have she to. She doesn't even notice. She doesn't even know it's happening. Because right <laughs> so she, she's, she's not paying, paying attention to she's something She's not else. paying attention. She's just sitting there. So the show, me? sometimes it'll. Yes. Yes. Because sometimes, and not just you, me, Elsie, sometimes yeah, in the middle up. of our show, it just breaks into this conversation where. It can't go out on the air for right. whatever reason. And because I'm a racist. Wait, what's the what's no. the thing from uh, from I, nine I, to five? Because I'm a I'm a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. From that's from that movie. That may be true, but that's not usually the reason. Yeah, we that's have to not edit. usually the reason. It's not it's true. Just, How dare you, sir? <laughs> no, it like it usually the reason is exactly with what just happened before when we were talking, where it's like there is a conversation happening, and then this random. Bit of information comes in that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yes. And nobody else will understand right. what's happening either. Or there was times when we had a sponsor read that was supposed to be mid-roll and right. forgot about it till the end. So then at the mm -hmm. end, you do the, the spot and then I have to come back in and try to figure out where to crowbar that in because yeah. in, in line, between a topic. Shit goes topic. wrong. Yeah. And, it just uh, takes a little bit again because time. you know why? Because we care about the product at the end of right. the day. Because we care about the listeners. And so we've changed the t schedule and now we're going to change it again. And rather right. than agonize over how it will affect you, we're just going to tell you. And I can't wait to find out when our show will go live in the week. Fridays. <laughs> Fridays. Good. Yes. Great. Because yeah. it'll be Fridays. Because that gives plenty. I know. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> so that according is to great to know, yes, I know. So now you know it's Fridays, and I thought, oh my gosh, that that actually gives us about the same amount of time that we had before, which was, you know, fr like Friday to Monday, Monday through Thursday would be the equal thing, but you know, pushing it to Friday makes better it sense. Gives I you think more time, I think, but yeah, it does. It does give me a little bit more time, um, but again, the reason that that's happening is because I was working on podcasting things. All through the weekend. And yes. I kind of want to take my life back. Thank you. So <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. I did that this weekend and Chris Kermitzos thought I was in the hospital. <laughs> Cause oh, because you like, took yourself. Yeah. Because I didn't really, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't online and I had to, you know, undo my office and I had, I went away for the night for my birthday and like, he was just like, honestly, I'm just about to call the police and make sure you're not missing because we text constantly during the week and like right. usually that's on weekends as well just to get stuff done. Yeah. But yeah, taking your life back's hard. I will consciously break that if necessary. Like there's been a couple of times I'm like, I'm, I really need to get this done on weekends. But I'm trying to I'm trying to put some 
boundaries up so that like, okay, so even like this weekend, I had a birthday party. And usually when I have to edit, I'm editing. Like I get so stressed out. I'm like, when is this birthday party going to be over? I need to finish editing. I need to finish doing the show. I need to like that anyway. I know. And I, Absolutely. You are, you're absolutely correct. But now at least it's just my own obsession with me being wanting to leave the party versus me having to edit. I have a t-shirt. I want to, I want to give you a version of it. It says, I came, I saw, I left early. Yeah. And I want you to have one too. (laughs) It's so true. We left our own event early every day. Yeah. And the other thing was I I got a bout of food poisoning on Friday. No. And it took me. I, I don't even know, to be honest with you. I was eating healthy. Oh. I think it was the salad that got me, to be quite honest with you. It has to be salad. That gets you every time, man. It gets right? Me every so, time. Hey, you know what you don't get? Uh, you know what you don't end up uh, getting food poisoning from? Fast food because they cook it. But that healthy Grade salad. meat. That's gross. So anyhow, yeah. I mean, there were some shows that I, I couldn't get to because I just physically couldn't do it. I had food poisoning from a shrimp once. It was a bite of a shrimp. I was at a fancy schmancy cocktail party. I pushed people out of the way so that I could vomit in the kitchen sink and then left. I was standing there talking and all of a sudden it's like in a movie. It's like in SpongeBob where you see like the, oh, yeah. everything started spinning. I start pouring sweat from my face. No one else is hot. And I didn't know what was happening to me. And I was like, God, is it hot in here? <laughs> Jesus. I was at a cocktail party for... Women in leadership in Delaware, and I puked in the woman's kitchen sink, and that's when I knew I would never have a corporate job in Delaware ever again, because I just blow. I mean, every VP of every business was there, every bank, every nonprofit, and I puked in the kitchen sink. I mean, we can take this out if you're uncomfortable, Elsie, but I think that the people would like to know about food poisoning. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> I just meant to say that if anything happens... It's hard to catch up. It's true. You know, Elsie was just talking about boundaries, and here we are trampling all over them. (laughs) Yes, because I wanted to talk anyway. So people that are listening, you will be hearing this on Fridays now. She Podcast is on Fridays. It's a Friday publishing schedule. Just letting you guys know, (sighs) trying to test this out for 2020 to reclaim a little bit of our life. So we can live. So we we can can live. live. I give you life. But on that note, though, we got some feedback on last week's episode because I asked for it. If anyone knows what that pop culture reference was, just feel free to email me because these two clearly do not. I give you a life so you could live it. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, So you just asked for some feedback. I asked for some feedback about my fancy tool tip last episode, which was trip mode. And alas, people got me. Of course. Okay. So I have to officially apologize to Elsie Escobar because. (laughs) Oh, don't hurt yourself. I (laughs) didn't realize and I had to go back and check because that's what I do. And she was absolutely correct. And when you're trying to tether your phone, you only get 30 megabytes, 30 gigabytes of. I think it's 50. 15 is what I remember, but I may be wrong. It's 15 gigabytes per device, I believe. Okay. And then they throttle you back and you can't buy more. Nope. Nope. So using this lovely little uh, trip mode app, um, we got a tweet from Miss Heather 
And she said, LMAO, thanks for the trip mode app tip, Elsie. I was laughing so hard at their resistance to your efforts to explain what immediately resonated with me too. As someone with weak home internet, I regularly use my hotspot for remote work. So this is awesome. It wasn't resistance. I just didn't know what the hell... I didn't get we're it. We're talking about John and I were like, "What is this thing? How does no, this, well?" There was this thing where I was explaining to you why it matters, and you're all were like, "Well, people have just it's just doesn't matter. No, it's fine. Everybody has <laughs> internet." I was ignorant. I'm not going to lie. I you had no idea. Thanks for proving us wrong, one person. Okay. No, hey, Ryan from medical school <laughs> oh headquarters God, said, "I Ryan, love trip mode." You, you butt kisser, you. I literally just turned it on because I'm in a hotel, he said. And then Mark said, yes, LC trip mode is the shiz. I've had it for years now. Also, it will appeal to those control freaks and tinfoil hat types who just need to know what the heck on their respective Mac computers is trying to use the Internet to. Okay, let's go into the news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Okay, so this first article is something that I would like to cover because I predicted this in the first place. It says, is Spotify really bigger than Apple Podcasts? And the answer, of course, is yes, because Jessica Kupferman (laughs) predicted it would happen at the end of 2018. The two data points they're arguing in this article is Morgan Stanley note for investors is reported to claim that Spotify is now the number one platform. However, it's a investor note and then also mid lowercase ia research publishes a blog based on their regularly tracking report that says spotify and apple lead podcast it's down to how you measure it and that's really the point which is why you should probably read this article and not have us go through it bit by bit because first of all it's very long and also they did an update the day after they published this that had as an md Media, I guess media, they posted an update detailing their reports methodology a little bit more. But the point is that last point, which is it's really about what you are measuring. I predicted that because and I've seen over the last year as well that Spotify just keeps putting out product after product after product geared towards podcasters and podcast creators and podcast listeners and podcast advertisers. And Apple does none of that. You know, and there's also like a little bit of detail in here from Rob Walsh. Uh, LC's compadre at Libsyn. So, you know, basically Apple at 58% Spotify at 38% at 13% to a position where they're reportedly equal. I mean, it just depends on what you're measuring. Like if you step away from podcasting, you look at radio, you look at reach and hours listened to. Um, I don't know that you can do that in podcasts though, because reach is reach. Right. He has a really interesting. It's very interesting. It is super interesting. Although, There's a couple of things here that they did, which I'm kind of confused at, where that they say that they added Apple Music as a a place of where to listen. This is what I'm saying. That's what the media, whatever people added. It says Apple Podcasts and iTunes, 59%, Spotify 11%. But does that mean that Spotify's music is included as well? Well, no. What I'm saying with the media people, the ones that did this um, survey that they presented both Apple Podcast and Apple Music. Like they gave them a choice. Where do you listen to your podcast? Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or Apple Music. And then some people answered Apple Music, and I don't know why, Uh because there are no podcasts in Apple Music. 
So they say that. Okay, so I'm going to read you what the media people said. Quote, we intentionally left Apple Music in the questionnaire, despite Apple having switched strategy to its dedicated Apple podcast app. This is because there are many podcasts which are still available on Apple Music. What? But they appear as playlists. <laughs> no. Or in what? some cases, albums. What? And singles. What? How? I know. How? What we consider most important is user behavior, not delivery technology. Whether a consumer is listening to a podcast episode as an audio track on Apple Music or via the Apple Podcast app is of, of secondary importance to the fact that the consumer is listening to the episode. Okay, so do you understand what I'm talking about here where I'm talking like this media people? Nope. Does anybody listen to podcasts on Apple Music? No. Right? I can't even listen to a podcast on Apple Podcast podcast app because I have an Android. No, it, well, that's not even the conversation here, even John. Most people don't even know. Like they don't. Like what? Do you think that the people writing this article have a clue what's going on and what they're talking about? Because to me, it sounds like they don't. But then again, I was wrong last week. Could be wrong this week. Uh, I think that they're measuring something different. Correct, Jessica. Because if they're asking people if they're listening to to podcasts on Apple Music, I would kind of figure that they don't really know podcast listeners or, I mean, that is really user behavior of listening to podcasts and and Apple Music to me makes zero sense. But hey, what do I know? Right. I mean, I have you ever heard somebody listening or having a playlist of podcasts in Apple Music? Never, ever. Right. Okay. Well, that's all I'm saying. Ever. They're measuring something for themselves that proves something to somebody. So. Huh. Anyway, that you guys read these articles, though. Um, but to Jessica's point about Spotify doing, you know, continuing to buy things, they are in early talks to buy sports and pop culture outlet The Ringer. So what do we think, what about, do think that? about that move? What do you think about that? I Jess? think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can compare it to is Apple offering television because Spotify is consistently not its own content. But then they started some podcasts that people seem to like, like the Amy Schumer show, et cetera. So I guess that's kind of cool. But now they want to be like a, a news outlet. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I don't know. I'm going back and forth because the Apple streaming service is kind of cool. But does that mean I'd want them to buy like the Wall Street Journal? I don't know. But is the ringer, is that even a comparison? I'm not sure. Well, they have podcasts. They have, you know, the Bill Simmons podcast. Just a few of their own, right? Not a lot of their own. Yeah, but they have really big ones. Like the Bill Simmons podcast supposedly gets around 100 million downloads per month. Well, first of all, I can't ringer. even pontificate based on this article because I don't have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. Do you? Right. Uh, no, but I can give you a link. I'll give you a different link. But just why? Because do they, I do feel like I get the kibosh on stuff I'm reading constantly and I'm sick of it. Give us your news, dagnabbit. Wait, hold on. What does getting the kibosh mean? When you somebody gets the kibosh, it means you get axed. It means I, they, you know, they deny is when you like shit, shoot down an idea. Oh, right. They deny. Oh. I've been denied. And I, I'm sick of that. I, it's not just the Wall Street Journal. Somewhere else does it too. I'm kind of sick of it in, in podcasting where Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts now take their take podcasts and put them behind a paywall. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really care enough to go 
to change everything I do to go listen to a podcast. I was a huge fan of Amy Schumer. The first season, I listened to everyone. I thought it was great. Then they put it in Spotify. You can't listen to it unless you're part of Spotify. I'll never be part of Spotify. So guess what, Amy Schumer? You just lost a subscriber. Hope you're happy. You know, I heard somebody talk about this the other day as well, John. And part of it, I mean, this is a reality of it. Even if you were a Spotify subscriber, like let's say you were already paying for Spotify. You were a premium person. It doesn't mean that that's going to have you listen to their podcast because you're not used to listening to podcasts via Spotify. So it would have to change your listening habits even when you're doing it. So let's say you go like, oh my God, I forgot that that new podcast is available. You have to go out of your way to go to a different app, even if you have access, Mm -hmm. which is the issue with a lot of people who have like, things behind a paywall. It doesn't matter. It's like, there's a lot of places that offer all this content, but it's like, I'm not going to go back there and listen. This is, I want it here. Exactly. So, you know. (sighs) What independent podcasters do is they put their listeners first, in my humble opinion. Right. You know what? We do everything. We ask, what do you like? What don't you like? We do everything to make it the best experience for our listeners, where these big companies want to herd you in like cattle and do what's best for them. Well, yeah, because they want to make money. Of course they want to make money. To your point, Jess, or to your comment earlier there, according to this Engadget article here, quote, the podcast themselves, this is from The Ringer. This is The Ringer podcast. The podcast themselves could be lucrative. The Ringer is believed to have made $15 million through its podcast in 2018 alone. Whatever Spotify spent to buy The Ringer might be recouped before long. So this is not a dumb shopping experience on Spotify's side of things. Mm -hmm. I think that they've thought about that. And what they're trying to capitalize on is what I'm thinking is like they're buying audience here. They're buying the existing platforms, right? And they don't have to develop these shows. These, These shows already have audiences. They're buying them and they're bringing them over to their platform. And I'm not thinking that they're going to put them behind the paywall. I think that there's something to be said in being able to promote promote them and all that stuff. And you also said they're doing all this extra stuff for podcasts. They're allowing for creation of playlists. They're really uh, promoting them. They have a big marketing behind them. They are trying to optimize their app for podcast consumption a little bit at a time. They're offering all this extra stuff. So it might make it, I don't know. It's actually what it's what Spotify is doing is creating a bigger pie. It's not taking people away from existing things. Can we change gears for a second? Because I don't know if my eyes are deceiving me, but it looks to me like you were on a show called the MILF podcast. I was. Mothers, I'd like, I like to, to follow. follow. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is happening here? I know. Well, we can get to it. But I mean, it actually has a lot of uh, it's real. it's actually I wanted to give her a shout out just because it was amazing. It looks like you said a lot of interesting things about cookies and being a hot Latina chick and clinical depression, three things that go great together. (laughs) Three great tastes that go great together. (laughs) Holy crap. All right. So, yes, you know what? I did. I did go on the MILF podcast and big, I mean, honestly, let me tell you. That does sound awesome, actually. It does. Well, she's, she's awesome. So Jennifer hounded me really for 
ever. No, because Why I was that am necessary. The, no, listen to me. I, in a good way. Because mm-hmm. I am the biggest flake. Well. I'm the biggest flake. Nobody, people, like, actually, you know what? Ed Ryan from the Podcast Business Journal can also attest to this. You reach out to me. You never get a hold of me. You can't get an answer of me. You can't get me to commit to anything. I'm, and when I do, I'm such a flake about it yeah. until I have a date. This warrants another t-shirt for you that says, my favorite kind of plans are canceled plans. Yes, exactly. So, but mind well. you, it was it's really hard for me to be on other people's podcasts because as you know, I'm everywhere and never at home. And I understand the quality that you need, the podcast quality. So Jennifer was after me forever and I was trying to figure out like what would be the best time without, it was hard to schedule this interview. And when I am on other people's podcasts, I make it count. Like it's not something that I do without thinking about it. So finally, John, I was recording on the floor in a giant mall. I was trying to sit down so I could get the best audio quality with my Samsung Q2U super close to my face. And I'm hovering in the back. She's laughing hysterically at me because she's watching me because she saw where I was. I'm like, look at where I am. But that sound quality of what she did with the show is amazing. That Samsung Q2U, I am hats off to that thing, man. It's incredible when it comes to that. So not only was she able to put up with my in, in reliability of not giving her a date. Then all of a sudden I'm in this mall trying to get this recording to her. And she's like, let's just do it. And the way that she has promoted the show is amazing. I mean, the artwork that she sent me, she sent me five, I, I don't know how many separate images, beautifully branded images of quotes from me, pictures of me that I gave her, right? So she's not, she, she didn't just, so I gave her these pictures. She created all this stuff. She's, and her email to me was amazing. All of these extra ways that I could promote her show. So hats off, you guys go listen to that episode. Go listen to the end product because she has done a phenomenal job in not only promoting the episode, but also in really creating a great show with, even people like me who are like, oh my God, I hope that this works because I'm here. And mind you, the conversation is hilarious. And we say, stop sucking on my boob. Like, I don't know how many times. <laughs> I feel show. that it's desire so, so much. fun. So fun. But mm-hmm. it, I just wanted to say, oh, and this actually leads into something else, Jess. What do you think about this? So we had somebody post in She Podcast mm-hmm. where she asked, How do I get my guests to share their episodes more? We provide swipe copy and awesome assets and all the links. We email them twice and tag a lot. What else can I do? And the answer? And I want you to give an answer because I'm leading off of what I just talked about with the MILF podcast. But I want you to give, what what would you say? My first response to this question is usually you cannot control what they do. You can't get them to share more than they're already doing. You are doing what you need to do, which is make things easy. You're providing swipe copy, assets, and all the links. You may want to do like a click to tweet. That would make it even like stupid easy. But the other thing you can do is if you have a large guest – um, one thing you can do on Twitter actually is put a dot in front of their Twitter handle, like dot the LC Escobar, because that will show to all their followers, not just them. So that's the first thing you can do. And then also when I had a really big guest like Mari Smith or Tori 
Johnson, I would boost my post to just their page or just their audience, depending on how big their page and audience are. And that was a way for me to not care if they share because I was already hitting those people up. Tagging them is good, but you really can't control other people just in general, not your audience, not your guests, nobody. So you're doing, I think, what you need to do. If they're not sharing, then you can kind of circumvent them by hitting their audience on Twitter and boosting to them on Facebook and maybe even, you know, I think tagging them on LinkedIn, that does do something as far as their followers are concerned, because LinkedIn is like, they've been tagged, like all obnoxiously. So, <laughs> so I think you're doing what you need to do, but you do kind of have to let, I, and I mean, I only know this because I had the same problem. You have to completely let go of controlling other people when it comes to podcasting. You can't make them share. You can't make them listen at a certain time. You can't make them download versus stream. You can only control what you can control. And in this case, it's your own promotion. So boost your posts, tag in the right places, put a little dot on Twitter, and then promote your own. I mean, the important part is you can't really count on that to be a promotional tactic. You have to pay to promote it more or, you know, on social, especially, or, you know, get a freebie and grow your email list, something else that doesn't involve other people. That's really the best advice. What do you think? I totally agree. When you have a show with some, you know, that is an interview show, it's still your show. Nobody else is the boss of that. I think that if a guest shares the content after you give them all the stuff that Jennifer gave me, which was amazing, then it's really just whatever that everything else is as extra. You already did this, meaning you already created these images. You already created the quotes. You already created the, the swipe. So that's for your marketing. You're not losing anything by just sharing that with somebody else. And if they use it, that's amazing. Right. That said, from a guest perspective, I will do my very best to get the word out. Like some of the ways in which that I share people's episodes that sometimes I don't, I may not necessarily do it all on social media, but again, I'm talking about Jennifer's show here on the show. I'm going to talk about it on the feed and I know for sure. And then they're going to be linked through all those times. And I know for sure people listen to the episodes that I'm on on somebody else's show simply when I talk about it like that. You don't know when people are sharing it. I unfortunately having to look up people's tags, meaning tagging people is harder for me. So I can talk about this. Check out the link in the show notes. Like having all of her social media in there is going to be much more challenging. That said, though, going into even just the blog post that Jennifer put together here and her team, I assume, because my God, if she's doing this all on her own, holy crap, I'm going to, she's amazing. All of the things on there are very evocative. Like people are going to want to listen just from the quotes that she's using out there, right? I mean, they're really well thought out. It's really put forward in a way that makes me want to participate and be part of what she's created. So it's instigating me to do it. And I did listen to the entire episode. And I can tell you, it's a very good episode. It's very well produced, very well thought out. You guys go take a lesson from Jennifer and her MILF podcast. So that's what I would say to people. And also when I don't share your stuff, it's not because I don't want to, but most of the time I share it on my podcast episodes. Yeah, sometimes we don't have time. I don't have time. I do do it very consistently. Well, on I don't always listen. have time to schedule the stuff. Right. And put it out. I can retweet stuff. Like I'll retweet stuff and share it real quick. But in order to focus in on it, it's hard. 
also, I have had situations where I haven't get, been given enough leeway. Like, they'll be like, it's live today! And I've got a yeah. full day of shit happening. And I don't exactly. usually get to it for another week. So I don't know if you can help that, but if it's possible to give the person a link a week in advance, that would be really helpful. We think that it's that day, meaning that if we promote, we have to promote it that day! Podcasting right. sure. doesn't work that way. It's especially with shows like this, unless it's of the moment, meaning... Right. We are reporting on some news that need to, you know, in two days, we need to get this out versus that conversation that we had with Jennifer is on like it's an evergreen conversation. Nobody's going to miss anything if they listen to it today or six months from now. So yeah. it's still going to be relevant. It's still going to be good. Um, but anyway, uh, I think that we have to also step back from putting pressure on our guests to have to promote everything. They don't have to. Like that's not part that's not what they signed up for. In fact, Jess, I had somebody reached out to Oh my gosh, this is going to make you guys I don't know if you've heard of this. This is crazy. Okay. So it seems now there's a tactic mm-hmm. of having your guest or your podcast pay for your editing. Wow. What do you think about that? Gosh. I don't know what to think about that. Go ahead, John. You're going to burst in your pants if you don't. So go ahead. I don't understand why you would have your guest. That would be like inviting someone to your house for dinner <laughs> and then handing them the grocery bill. I know, right? I, I mean, yeah. I'd be honest with you. If this was a man's podcast, I would say the balls on those people. I know. It's Am crazy. I wrong? No. It's crazy, you right? Wrong. Why would you? I, Hey, listen, if you're doing this and you can pull it off, well, I guess hats off to you, but. <laughs> I mean, right? Why? I, I don't get it. Why would they want to do. What's the incentive? That's the part I don't understand, I think. Neither do I. I guess to help them. But see, to me, help it's like. What? It's not their. Produce their show. I never got that whole thing of okay. paying to go on a podcast to be a guest. I never. I don't know. That seems. Again, that seems sleazy yeah, to me. I agree. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. it does. So in that respect, if you look at it that way, what you're, I, I kind of view it that way as well. It's like if you are requiring or making a guest feel like they have to promote your show, it kind of, it's not as bad, but it kind of feels like that. It's like it's like if somebody, if you catch somebody over for dinner, and then when they're leaving, you say, make sure you tell your friends you had a great time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, well, okay. <laughs> like you will naturally tell somebody that you had, had a great time hanging out with Jess, eating whatever. But if she told me, I'd, yeah. be, I'd feel really weird. I'd be like, uh, all right, I'll, uh, I'll tweet about it right now. Great time at Jess's yeah. for dinner. And then the other thing is the oh. word guest. Yeah. I weird. mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you almost have to change the word. You don't now. You don't have a yeah. guest. You have a paid person that you barely know on my show that takes care of my editing. Right? It doesn't really <laughs> roll off the tongue like a guest. Production team. Yeah. Production team. Like, right. it's right. like what? Uh, yeah. So anyway, I have to say that you know, for me, when you bring a guest on, that's what they are. They're a guest. You welcome them in. You make it easy for. Yeah. Them. Like, you don't make them pay for shit. Like Jennifer did to you. She accommodated you. She sent she you. She totally did. She sent you. Didn't she make you feel like a guest? I just don't yes. understand what their incentive is. Not the podcaster's incentive. The guest's incentive. Well, I'm there still... is. I think that 
Right. There isn't any. I mean, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, uh, I just want to be on a podcast. I don't know how to do it myself. And I want to be introduced to your audience. So I'll pay your ransom to be on your show. Ransom. You know, I, I, I you know. and we all have a, um, a common friend who attempted to do this for $500 at, at like, he would not do oh, yeah, an episode yeah. unless it's $500. Guess how many people paid for it? I don't know. How many? Zero. Oh. Because it's a stupid ass business model because no one gives a shit about your podcast. That's why you I actually to- did. I do have something that like, let's say I would consider paying for. I don't know what the price point would be, but if somebody that I admire that was a coach of some kind, a consultant of some kind, somebody that I needed advice from that I was like, oh my God, yeah, this is different. it would though. be incredible. I would, and this person had a podcast and they were like, you know, you pay $250 to be on my show and you get coaching. And I'd be like, I could, I would do it if I needed that, if I needed that set of that coaching and it was at, a, at like maybe a lower price point than their one-on-one or whatever in another setting, I'd, I'd pay for it. Mm-hmm. I'd pay for it. So in that respect, I think, but I would need the service. You know what I mean? I need to get something out of the conversation and I don't mind people listening. I would totally do it. Right. I don't know if I would just do it for audience, like to promote myself. Uh, you know, I'd rather buy an ad than. Yeah. Pay and it would probably, depending on the price, it would probably go further. Yeah, totally. And it'll be easier on my time. I mean, yeah. it'll be like, you know, <laughs> It's like I don't have to be present. Right, right. I mean, if somebody had a huge audience that would also be interested in your show, then I would think of it as almost advertising being on the show. Like, let's just say, again, everybody goes to Joe Rogan because he has such a, a, a massive audience. But if you could be, it would, you could pay to be on the Joe Rogan podcast because I know that there's a lot of time I subscribe, I like the show. They'll come on and they'll say, I have a podcast, and I always go check out their podcast. Now, whether I stay or not, that's a different story, but I always go check it out. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? I don't know. I guess one of those things is like if you would get the money from a guest, you would not need the money, right? Like right. Joe Rogan, not to say that he doesn't need the money. I guess everybody can always need money. But he's already making a bunch of money, and he already has a huge audience. So there's... It's like if he wants to charge and people are willing to pay, then so be it. But most people that are trying to make this model work are doing it from a place of sort of like, I have to figure out one, I have to figure out something to make mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. If it's worth it and you need that and you have the extra cash, most people like would test it. Like there's a lot of people that test stuff like this, right? right? When they have the extra cash, they'll go, I wonder what would be worth my money because there's a lot of people that have marketing budgets that are as big as a lot like thousands of dollars worth of facebook ads a month Mm -hmm. and if they can find maybe a a podcast interview that can in some way like we'll not be doing a facebook ads we'll cut the budget in half and then have this go to whatever and see if it works it works, right? So we're we're talking about people that have the the fluidity of income versus people who are like, I just want to be on a podcast episode. <laughs> That's a totally different person. Right? Like most of us are like, what? I'm not yeah. gonna no way. I'm not gonna pay for this. Is this normal? So <laughs> anyway, 
That said, though, can I talk about a little bit about this um, ESPN being more strategic with new podcasts? Because I think that this leads into what we're talking about, which is a little bit more monetization. I'm not necessarily interested so much about the article like ESPN and all of that kind of stuff. And um, you guys, all of the links are in the show notes here. But there are a couple of little things that I I pulled out of it specifically for our listeners to think on because we do get all the time, when am I ready to start making money? Or they're looking to be, to have meetings with larger um, networks to have their show picked up. Like this is something that I've seen a lot of lately. And this was some of the stuff that I took out of there. So this is a quote from there, um, from the article. It says, quote, while podcasts have become bigger part of the network strategy, in December, ESPN podcast had 40 million downloads and 36% from December 2018 and the third straight month with 40 million or more downloads. The network is also making sure it remains selective, only green lighting new projects that they can monetize. Mm-hmm. So larger networks, and this is only one example, and I guarantee you that things like Podcast One, or what are the other networks out there that are doing stuff that are creating, you know, Gimlet or things like that are really, really making choices based on projects that they can make money from. Like that's from the beginning. So if your thing, whatever you're creating is not something that somebody else might think that they can make money on, Mm -hmm. you either have to Make sure you know what your talking points are, meaning make sure you know how to sell your show and why it matters to them, mm-hmm. not why it matters to humanity. <laughs> because most people, especially people who are trying to make money, it doesn't matter how, how much impact you are bringing to the world. It doesn't matter how you're going to change the con- like the, the, all the stuff I tell my people, they don't care about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know that. Right. You have to switch it around and be able to sell it. So that you, they know the value of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that, Jess? I agree. I mean, no one is a mind reader. You have to tell them why. Right. I totally agree. I mean, most people have to be told everything. Didn't wasn't it? Was it Seth Godin who told you know that that like people are monkeys and you have to feed them. You have to put the banana where you want them to be and then give them the banana. So this is kind of right. like the same thing, I think. You know? Absolutely. And it's, it's but, but I think what happens with our podcasters is that they immediately think, well, this is amazing. And it might be. Yeah. But you also have to know how to sell it. Like what, how are you going to get that person to go? Oh my God. Yeah. It's great for me. Yeah. I'm going to make money. Not I'm going to help the world. That's not what people lead with mostly. That's not what they lead with mostly. But you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about quote pain points. And that's what a lot of this is, is pain points. Exactly. Because they feel like they're manipulating someone's, you know, needs and pain and you're not. What you're doing is explaining that you, you know, I'll never forget. It was a Marie Forleo lesson. And she said, you know, Mm -hmm. you already know their dog has fleas. So you can either be subtle or you can say, yo, your dog has fleas. I have this medicine and it'll work in five seconds. That is still talking to a pain point, but also it's explaining that you have a solution they desperately need, which if you don't do, you will get no sales. So exactly. And your product might be good for the environment. You know, the flea product that's really great for the environment and it's, you know, organically grown and it's giving back to the local ecosystem. 
But when you're talking to people who want to give you money, all they want to know or is whether or not it's going to take the fleas away. Right. Like all the other right. stuff, you might created that company for those reasons. Right. It's so much bigger. They don't care about that. And also, here's what the article said as well. Quote, a lot of that starts with how much of an audience they have themselves, whether to be on television or social media and other places, Rick said. End quote. So that has to do with the fact that not only are they just focusing on projects that they can monetize, but also looking at the platform or the footprint of the producer. So this is, again, something really huge. Not to say that you have to be internet famous because it's not that. It just means that you have to have some kind of influence, right? Some things, the individual, your, your reach, your platform. So building all of those things is also very important. And there's some people that are winning in that already, meaning they start a podcast and they already have a bunch of listeners and mm-hmm. a huge internet following, uh, in- Instagram following. And you can't, co- sometimes you, unfortunately, you can't compete with that sometimes. Yeah. But you do have to step into it. But now, like, let's get to this last little uh, quote here because it actually speaks to that. It's uh, here's from the article again, quote, to monetize its podcasts, ESPN has built an audio sales team that sells ad time for both radio and podcasts like TV and radio advertising. ESPN prices podcast advertising on a CPM or cost per thousand basis. ESPN sales team works primarily with direct response agencies to generate ad revenue. But ESPN is leveraging its radio business to sell pod and radio advertising together to clients like Geico and ZipRecruiter. It's gaining traction by selling bundled advertising deals that include everything from linear TV and radio that? shows to podcasts and Snapchat sports centers. That was inevitable. In some cases, we're bundling it and trying to sell it all together. In some cases, we split it apart. It comes down to the demand for the product and what the advertise appetite is to buy multiple platforms. That's how I learned how to bundle advertising is from newspapers doing that. There's nothing wrong with exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up because you, Jess, yeah. I mean, one of the first things that you put out there was... What what the hell was it? Was it a product? Like the platform sponsorship yes. model? Yeah, platform. Whatever. That was the, the platform best thing model. that you, one of the best things you put out there. I still teach it. I just teach it in podcast moneymakers, but yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so th- this is how people are thinking about it. And unfortunately, what happens with our podcasters, especially in She Podcasts, they're like, well, what's the first conversation with an advertiser? And they keep thinking like, is it going to be a 30 second ad? Like, how do I sell the ads on the show? And it's like, Even these larger networks are thinking of like, what are the bits and pieces that we can sell together? And even us, Jess, you always sell bundled reach for us. Like she podcasts, the podcast. That's the key. Is one thing. But we have this giant ability to network, right? Your influence, my influence, she podcast influence, the group, our social media, our she podcast live, like all of this in totality, has great value Yeah. versus me just trying to go like, okay, can I sell ads on my, I'm getting 500 downloads per episode per month. How much can I get? Yeah. Dude. I mean, yeah, bundling is definitely improvement for everyone because you can sell your strengths. And if podcast is one of your strengths yet, then the advertiser is still getting a great deal. So I mean, I highly recommend it, as you know. Absolutely. And lastly, these guys have a team. A team that only <laughs> yeah, sells well, every, they're a network. Of course, they only have, yes. 
That makes sense. Yes. And so when you are thinking of selling your show or starting to make money, maybe you don't have a team, but that means you have to you have to add an extra layer meaning you have your production time you have your marketing time you have your sales time you have your business development time you have to have all of that added to you creating your show so if you're just focusing on your production and your content great but you also cannot think that all of a sudden you're just going to start making money right. you have to spend time developing all these other verticals for your show. That's right. It takes dedication and time, time, time. It's never an overnight thing. Nope. On that note, thank you guys so <laughs> much for listening to She Podcasts. If you want to find us on social, you can find us at She Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find our show notes at ShePodcast.com. Um, if you would like to join our super squad, go to ShePodcast.com forward slash Patreon. It is $5 right now, but we are almost done putting it up somewhere different. And when we do that, woo, it's going to go up double to a big $10. So... <laughs> Get two into the Patreon right now, yeah. Buy two now, cups. buy now. Not one, not one, but two cups of coffee. We do a we do a QA in there once a week, and we also reveal stuff in the Super Squad that we don't reveal elsewhere. So it's like a secret little club just for you and us. Um, and I think that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Elsie and John. You're welcome. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>